if you're taking notes, you can just write this down on your notes that God is a way maker. He's a way maker. Isaiah, the prophet, during a time when Israel was in captivity, a time when Israel was really lost in their hope. They were discouraged. They were defeated. They were deflated of their hope. And in the middle of that, it seemed like there would never be a way for Israel to have a comeback. But when you're down to nothing, God's up to something. And your setback is really a setup for a comeback. Come on, Jesus. And in that moment, Isaiah prophesied to Israel. Isaiah said in chapter 40, he said, do not remember the former things. The former things were good. In fact, right before he says that, he says, God did amazing things. He, he parted the Red Sea. He parted the Jordan River. He brought down the walls of Jericho. God led the Israelites out of the captivity from Egypt. But Isaiah said, that is not even comparable to what God is about to do. What God is about to do, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Isaiah began to prophesy that new things are about to happen, new miracles. It's time for this generation to have some new miracles. It's time for today's generation to not just remember what God did in the 80s or the 90s or in the, the 1800s or the 1600s or the early church. Come on, it's time for stuff on the, the book of Acts to start happening right now in 2020. This is a year for the church to roar. And Isaiah said, behold, new things are coming. And then he said this, he said, our God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He's going to create streams in the desert. And what was he saying? He was saying, even though our natural eyes don't comprehend this, even though with our natural sight, it doesn't make sense, it seems like there could be no way. He was saying, God is gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. He's gonna bring water in places where there shouldn't be water. He's going to bring the valleys up to the mountaintops and bring the mountains down as if they were valleys. God's about to reverse everything. He's about to change everything. And Proverbs says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. What we're seeing right now in the world is what's worse than the coronavirus is the virus of hopelessness, the virus of fear, the virus that's spreading among so many people of, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I don't know if I'm gonna get through this. I don't know what's gonna happen to my future, to my 401k. I don't know if I'm gonna have enough money to pay the bills next month. I don't know how I'm gonna get groceries. And there's this virus of hopelessness. And what I've been sharing with pastors and with leaders and even talking to our government leaders, I've said, you've gotta understand, there is such a need in this hour for the world to know that our hope is not in a government. Our hope is not in what a president can pass or what a Congress passes. The only way our hope is gonna make it is when we put our hope in the word of God that's outlasted every president, every leader, every government, every law, every sickness, every virus. And tonight I wanna tell you to have hope. Have hope because the Bible says that our God is a God of all hope. And the God that we have is not a wimpy God. He's not a weak God. He's not a God that's surprised by our problems. He's a God that, this is not his first rodeo. This is not God's first virus. This is not God's first problem that the world is facing right now. And, and, and this is a time where people are making permanent decisions during a temporary valley. It's a temporary season. This won't last forever. God needs you to hold on to hope. God needs the church to rise up with hope. 
So many people are feeling discouraged and, and, and thinking about throwing in the towel. And I've been there before. When my father passed, I, I felt so discouraged. I felt so uncertain about the future. I remember moments where some of the people that I thought would be there for me weren't. And times where I just felt alone, times where I just wasn't sure what the future would hold for our church and for the dreams that God had placed in my heart. But it was in the middle of that that I discovered that my had to be in the Lord. If my hope was not in the Lord, my life was not going to make it. It was in that moment with tears that I came to our church when it was empty. It's so funny that tonight the, the building is empty, but the part with people who've come to hear the message of Jesus Christ online all over the world and I want to speak to someone who feels hopeless right now there was a moment where I stood on a bridge and I could just hear the enemy whispering in my ear just end it just end the pain end the misery and in that moment I felt like I was in a basement of depression I felt like I wasn't just one floor below but I felt like I was five or six floors below where I should have been mentally and emotionally. And I remember that night, it was like raindrops started to hit my head. It was like these scriptures that my parents had raised me with began to just hit my mind and my heart. And I started remembering those words that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm more than a conqueror. What can separate us from the love of God? If God is for us, who can be against us? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God shall provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And then I begin to remember the stories in the Bible, the story of Daniel in the lion's den, the story of, of Moses and, and, and leading the Israelites through the wilderness and Joshua into the promised land and Esther. I started remembering the stories of David versus Goliath. I, I started remembering the stories of Peter and the disciples and all the miracles and I remember pointing on that bridge in the darkness and I said, not today, Satan. I refuse to jump. I refuse to throw in the towel. I choose to live. I choose to live. I choose to live. I'm getting out of this depression. I'm getting out of this basement. I'm getting out of this despair. I choose to live. And I want to speak to someone who's watching here and someone who's out in the parking lot. God needs you to live. God needs you to live. God needs you not just to live, God needs you to rise above your fear and your depression and your discouragement. God needs you for such a time as this to be a witness. And just for a moment, I, if we can, just turn all the lights off in the parking lot. I don't know if we can get the parking lots, lot lights off and turn the car lights off. You know, when we sing that song that he's a way maker, he's a promise keeper, then we get to that one line, he's, he's a light in the darkness. In order for him to be a light in the darkness, it's gotta be dark. And if you could, just turn your lights off all across this parking lot. Because tonight, I, I wanted to just show you that God sees you in the dark. God sees you right there in your car. He's a light in the darkness. He sees what you're going through. And he says, you're not alone, sir. You're not alone, ma'am. You're not alone in your discouragement. Whatever it is that you're afraid of about the future, God sees you. And he says, I'm gonna light up your path. Now, right in front of me, we've got one of our volunteers down here. and I wanna just light up this path. If you could just walk. As I move the light, I want you to just walk. Y'all can't see this, but I can see this. Isn't that like God? He sees a different vantage point than you. 
he, he's not looking at what you're looking at. He's showing you the path. And everywhere the light moves, look, she's just following the light. You can't see this, but as I'm moving the light, she's following the light. He's a light in the darkness. He's saying, when you don't know what to do, I'm going to lead you, Paul. When everyone else is closing down, I'm going to show you creative ways. When everyone else is afraid of the future, I'm going to open up doors that you never thought would open. I'm going to lead you in paths of righteousness. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. That is who you are. He's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. He never stops. He never stops. Just because a world feels like it's closed down doesn't mean that heaven is closed down. We have a great cloud of witnesses all over heaven. And you know, I think about the story in the Bible as, as the lights are still turned off tonight. I think about this story in the Bible when there was Elijah and he was with his servant. It was Elisha. Elisha was with his servant. And they woke up in the middle of the night and they realized they were surrounded by enemy armies. And they thought, how in the world are we gonna get out of here? And these enemy armies had surrounded the area that they had camped in specifically because they wanted to kill Elisha. Because Elisha was being used by God and the enemy didn't like it. Anytime you start rising up with faith, the enemy paints a bigger target on your back. If you've been feeling attacked, it's probably because you're doing something right. It's probably because you're lifting up Jesus. It's probably because you're following after God. It's probably because the devil doesn't like you living with faith. He wants you to live in discouragement. Yeah. And so Elisha was being attacked on every side and the servant said, what are we gonna do? We don't know how we're gonna get through this. It's dark all over here. He said, don't you see there's enemy armies all around us. We're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it. That's what the enemy always whispers. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna get through this. But I love how Elisha changed the moment. He changed the confession. He changed the narrative. And he said, not only are we gonna make it, but let me tell you, you see these enemy armies, but what you don't see is the God of angel armies. I want you to turn your lights on, God of angel armies, in the parking lot tonight. Come on, Cameron, can you just spin out there? Look at that, look at that. Come on, look. There are more with us than those who are against us. There are more on heaven's army than there are coming again. Come on, give a hug tonight of praise. You got more angels with you than you realize. You got more angels with you than you realize. You got more hope than you realize. You got more favor than you realize. You got more light than you realize. You're gonna make it. You're gonna get through this. You're gonna get through this because God is with you. God is for you. 
David, when he didn't know if he was going to make it, he wrote in Psalm 31, he said, my times are in your hands, O God. My times are in your hands. Can I tell you, the devil can't stop what God already has started in your life. The devil doesn't own the due dates on your promises and on your miracles. The devil doesn't own the calendar of your life. When you surrender to Jesus, Jesus took over your calendar. When you surrender to Jesus, he already has set times of favor in your future. He has set times of breakthroughs and miracles. He says, if you only knew what I've got right in front of you, you wouldn't be throwing in the towel right now. You'd be getting excited because I got something circled in April. I got something for you in May. I got something circled for you this summer in June. Come on, we have a God who has set times of miracles in our future. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Acts 17, 26 says there are set times, there are kairos moments where God intends to do something miraculous in our lives. I would never have imagined when I was going to college over there and I felt like I wasn't going to get through it. I didn't know how I was going to pay for college. I didn't know how I was going to be able to even have a job. My senior year, the economic crash that hit our nation, the housing market collapse, 2007, 2008, there was hardly any jobs in America. And I remember during that time, just fear, discouragement. All of my friends were telling me, we're not going to get hired. We're not going to get a job. So many of my friends that year, they were saying, man, we came here to get married and we didn't meet the person we were supposed to get married. And I was thinking the same thing my senior year. I didn't have a girlfriend, wasn't in a relationship. And I was thinking, Lord, did I miss it? Did you miss it? What's gonna happen in my future? Little did I know that within 18 months, God had already lined up the girl I was supposed to marry, Ashley Hope McAuliffe, who became Ashley Doherty. Little did I know, little did I know that even though the enemy thought he was going to take our family out when my father passed, God had already set up the next season for our church. He already had a plan. What the enemy means for harm, God turns around for good. In the midst of crisis, in the midst of death, in the midst of pain, God's got something great on the other side of this valley for you. But what you've gotta do is you've gotta hold on to hope. You've got to hold on to faith. You've got to hold on to Jesus. You've got to hold on to the promises of God and say, I refuse to die. I refuse to throw in the towel. I refuse to lose hope. I refuse to quit trusting in Jesus. I refuse to walk in fear. I choose faith. I choose hope. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says, Our ancestors inherited the promises of God because of faith and patience. Faith is believing in something you haven't seen. Faith and fear both ask you the same question, to believe in something that hasn't happened yet. Fear wants you to believe that the worst case scenario is gonna happen in your life. Fear wants you to believe that everything bad that's happening to everyone else is gonna happen to you, and even worse. Fear always rides on this negative narrative. But faith asks you to believe something positive, something hope-filled. Faith is believing that God is going to show up. God is going to provide. You don't know how. You can't see it in the natural. But God is the way maker. He's the light in the darkness. And by faith, our ancestors walked towards the promises. But then secondly, it said by patience. Now, patience is not my favorite word in the vocabulary, in the dictionary. It's not my favorite word. I, I like 
going from one place to the next quickly. I like A and I like Z. I'm not a huge fan of LMNOP. I don't like the waiting game. I don't like the middle. But oftentimes it's the patience, it's the persevering, it's the waiting and the trusting that brings us to a closer, deeper relationship with Jesus. Patience not only gives you the promises of God, but it causes you to realize he was with you even during the valley, even during the element OP season, the time where you were waiting, that God was still meeting your needs as you were waiting for the big thing that you were praying for. Whether it's waiting to get a job, waiting to get hired again, waiting for a promotion, waiting for a, a spouse, waiting for a promise, waiting for a miracle. It's in that waiting season that God's preparing you for the promise. God's preparing your character. I remember talking to my friend Chad who moved here from Oregon. He came here and went to ORU. When he graduated, there was no one hiring. And so he just started volunteering in the church. You never go wrong when you serve someone else's vision while you're waiting for your vision to come to pass. And as he was serving, as he was helping out the parking lot, as he was volunteering as an usher, God introduced him to another guy in our church who just so happened to need someone to work at his company. They had just had a transition. Someone moved to another city. And he said, Chad, you said you need a job, right? He said, yeah. He said, well, we got a job for you. He said, uh, is $40,000 enough? Chad's mouth just dropped. He said, are you kidding me? That's more than enough. 40,000, what? They paid Chad 40,000. He said, after that, all of a sudden, it was like God just started to accelerate the dreams. As he started working there, he found favor. They promoted him within three months, then within six months. Then he was doubling his pay within a year. He was making twice what he made when he started. Then he met a girl who was serving in the church. He had always dreamed of marrying a good Christian girl who had graduated from another Christian university. And he met her while he was serving in the church. And God brought them together today. They have a beautiful baby. They're uh, uh, working together and making a huge impact. They've been able to pay off all of their debt. As of last year, they are debt-free in their early 30s. God has done a miracle. But can I tell you that Chad almost threw in the towel. Chad came to me and he said, I'm discouraged. I'm older than all of my friends. I don't have a spouse. All of my friends are married. They're all having kids. I don't have a job. He almost threw in the towel right before his breakthrough. You don't know what tomorrow holds, but you know who holds tomorrow. And he has your best interest at heart. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. I think about the story of Joseph in the Bible. When Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, thrown into a pit, looked like it was all over. It was dark. He was forgotten. He was betrayed by his family. Then he was sold as a slave. But God turned what the enemy meant for evil for good. What the enemy tried to do to destroy Joseph's dreams, to destroy Joseph's hope, God used the very place Joseph was sold to become the launching pad for his leadership. The very crisis you're in is a launching pad for what God wants to do in your life. In the midst of crisis lies great opportunity for those who will hold on to hope and believe in the promises of God. Do not waver in faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Trust that he's got you. He's the way maker. Come on, if you believe it, give a honk tonight. People are asking me, Paul, when do you think this virus is gonna end? 
when do you think this problem is going to be over? When do you think, you know, we'll be opening up restaurants again? When do you think this is going to happen? And my answer to people is, soon, it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. And they say, but how do you know? I just know. I just know. I just know. Listen, God is on the move. And if we will keep our hope alive, and if we will not allow a temporary situation to become a permanent vision in our mind, some people have already accepted, oh, we're going to be like this for the next 10 years. No, we're not. No, we're not. Change your confession. This thing is turning around soon. It's turning around soon. People, <laughs> people always want to jump on the negative narrative, but I want to encourage you, stay filled with hope. Stay filled with hope. I was talking with some of my friends who had been trying for many years to get pregnant, and people would ask them, when are you guys going to have kids? And that was their answer. They'd say, soon, soon. And people would say, yeah, but when? They said, soon. It's, it's on the way. One of my friends who builds websites he uses this terminology. He says, it's in beta. It's in beta. In other words, it's almost there. You can't see it yet, but the web developer can see it. He can see that it's almost done. It's in beta. It's, all, it's soon. It's soon. And sure enough, the couple who was told that they would never get pregnant, that it was impossible, scientifically, medically impossible, not only did they get pregnant with their own biological children, God's given them the ability to adopt children. Come on, Jesus is a way maker. He's a promise keeper. Deeper. He's a light in the darkness. You're going to get through this. You're going to make it. Get filled with hope. Soon, soon, the miracle will happen soon. And tonight, I want us just to close our eyes all over this parking lot at your house, if you would. God has called us to put our hope in him, to put our faith, not in the stock market, but in God and his word, and his promises, and his love for us. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to just know that God in heaven, he's singing a song over you right now, like a good father. Last night when Ashley and I were laying our kids down, I just began to sing over our third son, Mac, who's almost two this month, he turns two, and I, I just begin to sing, yes, Jesus loves you, yes, Jesus loves you, yes, Jesus loves you, the Bible tells you so, yes, Jesus loves you, yes, Jesus loves you, yes, Jesus loves you, the Bible tells me so just know that God's singing over you tonight and he's saying I love you with an everlasting love I'm not mad at you I'm not punishing you I'm not angry with you I want to help you get through this we have a father in heaven who wants to help us he wants to give us strength for marriages out there there's an attack on homes in the midst of this crisis this virus not only wants to shut down businesses, it wants to shut down marriages, it wants to shut down families. But tonight I'm speaking hope over every family, over every mother, every father, every husband, every wife. You're gonna get through this and your marriage is gonna get stronger. Your family's gonna get stronger. 
In fact, we're gonna do an online marriage and family conference in the middle of this. We're going to pull in other speakers, other pastors. We're just going to go online and strengthen the home unit. We're going to strengthen marriages and families in the middle of this crisis. But tonight, tonight, I want to pray with you. If you're here right now, and if you would, just turn your lights off. If you're here tonight and you need, you need Jesus, you need that hope. If that's you, I want you to just turn your hazard lights on right now all over this parking lot. Yeah from the front to the back, all in the middle. Just turn on those hazard lights. You're saying, man, this message was for me. I need to get my eyes back on Jesus. I need to get my heart filled with hope again. I've been listening to negative news, and I need to get fixed back on the fact that I'm going to make it. God is with me. God is for me. Yeah, all over this parking lot. Keep those blinkers on. I don't know if you can see that online, but tonight, this parking lot is full of people who are saying, Jesus, I surrender to you. And right there online, just raise your hand. You can click a hand raise right there. Let's just pray this together. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. And I receive your hope. I believe in you. You are the Savior, the Lord. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. Tonight, I repent of my sins. And I receive your forgiveness. And I put my hope in you. I'm all yours, God. I choose to live. I choose to live. And I choose to live with hope. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, if you, if you prayed that prayer, give a honk tonight across this parking lot. Church, I'm never going to forget this. I'm never going to forget these nights that we've had. This is our fourth drive-in service, and every night I just look out there and I look at people online and I just think, these are the days that we're going to talk about years from now with our kids and our grandkids. These are the days, church. These are the days that we're going to share what God was up to in this time. And I love you so much. And so tonight, I'm going to ask, uh, well, I guess it's just me right now. I'll, I'll tell you what to do. If you need groceries, if you came tonight and you're in desperate need, uh, I believe there is, if one of our team members can shout up here at me, there's a number you could text or you could, Drew, do they text a number? Or do they go, okay, you're going to drive that way to the back of the building, right over here on the back side of the building. If you're in desperate need of help tonight, we're going to give you groceries. We love you so much. That's because of the generosity of members in this church that are helping bless you tonight. So if that's you, just drive to my right, your left, over there to the back side of the building. We're going to bless you tonight. Church, God is on the move. He's doing great things. We love you. We're going to finish tonight with the song of praise. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We love you so much. God bless you. Come on, let's sing this out. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are.
my God. 